Good afternoon. This is Ryan. It is a Disruptarian Radio. You can catch us at opinions.clovastar.com, at clovastar.com, and at disruptarian.com. I try to keep up with all of those websites, and in fact, just recently, I've created quite a knowledge base and an autonomous chatbot. And so if anybody has questions, if they want to know more about the subjects we're talking about, I try to keep the knowledge base updated and the chatbot updated, and soon we'll have a wiki uh, section where you can look up topics that maybe aren't a common topic in other Wikipedias um, or data sources. So with this one, I am talking about liberty, which is a pretty common topic. Uh, this is liberty from an expat's point of view. I myself am an expat, expatriated from the United States, and I'm sort of a world traveler, I guess. Uh, my family and I, for the last, oh, since 2016, since July of 2016, we've been traveling abroad. And we haven't been back to the United States except for to go to the airport and take a connecting flight. Um, other than that, we haven't spent any time in the U.S. in the last two years. And we've seen eight countries just in the last 12 months on three continents. So, uh, and in the last 18 months, we've saw 12 countries on three continents. So with that, we've learned a bit. We've gathered enough data to really make our decisions and, you know, to give a good analysis of these different economic and social experiments in the world. And with liberty, you know, with the ability to travel, um, and we are fortunate, you know, as Americans, that we've had the ability to travel, that we've been able to, you know, really spend time in the world and have the finances and resources to do that. And, um, you know, being from a first world country, whether it's the United States or Europe or somewhere where, you know, the means are available to uh, most people to be able to do these things and to experiment a little bit, um, we can be nothing but grateful for where we are in life right now. And so I wanted to talk about that. I see a lot of people in the world that are ungrateful, people that have more than most, that enjoy a quality of life better than most in the world. And most of these are Western people in Western society that find that they have so much to be, you know, upset about or disappointed about and yet they live a higher quality of life than like 90% of the rest of the world, where you know, a good portion of those people live off less than a dollar a day. And here we are, you know, we have $30 meals, we go out to eat, you know, we, you know, we uh, have really fancy cars, we have $800 iPhones, you know. I mean, people in some of these third world countries would pay $800 to live for a full year and have excess. You know, like living off a dollar a day, $365, a lot of people live off of that. And so they could, you know, live for two years off of the cost of one iPhone. And yet I see so many people complaining. And what I see as somebody, as a libertarian and as a person from a first world country that has been blessed to live in a first world country, and from somebody who has seen the world and seen different options and seen different social and economic experiments, I mean, here, here's the thing for us, for many of us, that a lot of people, maybe they don't get a chance. 
But we can experiment. If we don't like the United States, we can move to Canada. We can move to Venezuela. If we really love socialism, we can go visit Venezuela. We can go to Cuba. We can you know, test out communism if we want. If capitalism, or as we have it in the United States, it's not even really capitalism, it's crony capitalism. But if that doesn't work for you, try on something else. Maybe it'll work. Now, I've, I've complained very little, and I've tried to work on change a whole lot. And so when I was a young man, um, before I married my wife, I used to protest, I used to you know, work on politics. I had a radio show. I had a blog. I've been doing blogging since before the internet really came out with bulletin board systems. I started blogging when I was 12 years old. That was like 1992. Was that 92? Maybe that was even earlier. I guess maybe I was 13. Anyway, so yeah, about 92, I've started uh, doing what I could to influence the world around me. As somebody that didn't grow up with much means and with much influence, I mean, I did what I could, and I didn't have a lot to work with, but I did everything I could. And when I made more, and I ended up making quite a bit in life and, you know, having a pretty successful career as a robotics engineer, I would take what I had left over, and I would, instead of buying a new fancy car or a new fancy phone, I would put it into citizens' initiatives, or I made a free newspaper and got my message out. Um, I started radio shows and blogging and putting money into advertising those things without any return expected. You know, I just wanted to change the world around me and I had more than enough. I felt like I was blessed and, you know, with what blessings I had, I wanted to do something with those blessings. And so my wife and I and my family, we invested in changing things as much as we could. Now, when that didn't work out and we, you know, we're very successful at citizens' initiatives. I did get one law changed. They arrested me for protesting without a permit in Springville, Utah, a law that had been on the books since the 1960s, a municipal code. And after they arrested me and broke my camera and threw me in a lockup in a detention for a couple hours, I got out. I hired a lawyer. I hired Andrew McCullough, um, who was the director of the ACLU at the time in Utah, in Salt Lake City. But it wasn't pro bono. I paid him, and I paid another lawyer, Richard something or other. Um, and they started negotiating with the city, and the city decided to drop my charges and change the law that required people to have a permit to protest. So a law that has been on the books since the 1960s now is no longer um, threatening people who want to protest. Uh, I, apparently the process before was you have to apply for a permit, the city council reviews it, and they either decide to give you a permit or not. So you're up to the whim of the city council on whether you have free speech or not. That's against the First Amendment. The city concluded that, as well as I and my lawyer, and we all came to an agreement, and I didn't have to sue them, and the law was changed, and my charges were dropped. So I've been arrested several times since I was a kid, you know. I mean, since I was 19 years old, I've been arrested probably half a dozen times or more, and I haven't had any charges stick because they're always trying to violate my free speech. Almost all of the charges that have been waged against me has been a violation of my free speech, and so none of it has stuck because I know my rights. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't cost me greatly. I mean, it has, and it, you know, it took a toll on me emotionally. It took me a toll on. It took a toll on me financially. And that's part of the reason why I'm an expat now, 
is that I just don't have it in me anymore to fight that fight as much as I used to. Uh, my body's a bit broken from a car accident. I have metal implants from head to shoulder, or from head to foot, really, from shoulder to foot. Anyway, I have uh, orthopedic implants, and you know, life is just a little bit more difficult for me than before. And so, I'm ready to kind of retire and hang out with my kids. So, we moved to Puerto Rico. We bought a boat. And we moved to Puerto Rico, and we decided just to live a retirement kind of life after. You know, we own five brick-and-mortar stores. We own a real estate company. I worked 96 hours a week as a robotics engineer for a company called Talist Incorporated. Um, well, 96 hours every two weeks, and then the other two weeks I just worked my regular 40, sometimes 50, but it was just a lot of hours. I mean, I would work probably over 3,000 hours a year um, at my job, plus I had multiple businesses and other responsibilities and activism and I had like 30 websites I was trying to maintain as well so after my car accident we decided to you know take our small little settlement I got and move to Puerto Rico well then the hurricane hit wiped out Puerto Rico and we realized just how useless our government is in helping which they did nothing really very very little even the government assistance that was there like FEMA were neglectful and and you know, complacent and didn't help hardly anybody. I know that, you know, in places like Houston, they got disaster recovery money given to a lot of the people that lost their houses and stuff. In Puerto Rico, we don't know of anybody who got that. And we had a far worse storm in Puerto Rico than in Houston. So we realized just how useless our government was, and we thought we'd just try something else out. So we went to Europe. Uh, we saw eight countries in the last 12 months. Well, in the last 18 months, we saw about 12 12 countries um, in three continents. And uh, what we had originally aspired to do was end up in Mexico when we bought our boat. But our boat broke down and we ended up in Puerto Rico. So that's why we were there during the storm, uh, is that we took a little detour along the way to fix our engine with our boat that broke down. Um, so I wish we would have gotten here first and not have to stop in Puerto Rico, but it didn't work out that way. And we ended up here um, later than expected. So now we're in Mexico. And I look at all the people complaining about Trump or complaining about taxes or complaining about the lack of assistance from the government or too much assistance or too much meddling with their business or too little meddling or whatever. I mean, so many people complaining. And not very many people doing anything about it. I see very few people getting involved in a citizen's initiative or getting involved in writing their congresspeople or protesting or doing any of that um, or, you know, giving their money to the poor. These, these socialists and communists that hate capitalism, they complain and they complain, but yet they give nothing to the poor or very little. Maybe they'll send a $100 donation here or $100 donation there, but then they'll go buy a $1,000 iPhone. You know, and you see them typing away at their computer all day using you know, the fruits of capitalism to communicate, the internet, their computer, their phone, whatever. But, you know, they only, they only care that other people aren't giving to the poor, and yet they themselves don't do that, you know. They, they spend more time complaining and less time doing, and that's what I find irritating. But as an expat, and I see firsthand different countries, different experiments, both socially and politically and economically. And 
I like that about the U.S. I mean, I was a patriot, I guess you could call me. I was somebody who cared about our, our country, who grew up there and, you know, lived in a home of a veteran and had a long lineage of veterans and, you know, people that fought for freedom and liberty. And, you know, we're fairly nationalistic, even if some were Democrats or most were Democrats, I guess. Fairly nationalistic, fairly proud to be American, this and that. And uh, I grew up that way and had some pride in our country and wanted to see the best for it. So I cared about immigration. I cared about, you know, uh, government intervention. I cared about economics. And I wanted to change those things, and especially things regarding freedom like cannabis prohibition, you know, things like that. But I don't see a lot of people caring. Like they complain, but they don't care. And that's the biggest problem that I see in the United States is the lack of responsibility. People always are complacent enough that they can blame other people while they're doing nothing. All they're doing is complaining. I don't see that helpful. So, I mean, I like the, the United States. If one system isn't working, then you can try another state, another economy out, you know. And I just saw this recently. There's, um, I think there's five states. There's New Jersey, New York, California, Connecticut, and Michigan raising taxes currently um, at kind of an extreme level. And uh, they're predicting, economists are predicting, that there's going to be a mass exodus that has basically already started. And uh, it's going to be 800,000 people a year will be leaving New York and California for the next three years. And 500,000 people will leave uh, New Jersey, Michigan, Connecticut, and there's one other. Um, so like 1.1 million people uh, will be leaving these, these economies and going to Texas, uh, Nevada, Utah, uh, New Mexico, and a few others that have lower taxes. And it's a mass migration, something like we've never seen before. So that, to me, you know, is good to see that we can change our, you know, our situation. We can choose to live where we want to live, and we can choose to experiment how we want to experiment on different economies and different, you know, political systems and social systems. And it's like that in the European Union, too. You know, if you don't like the high, the ultra-high taxes in the Netherlands, where you're paying like 60% in taxes... You can go to Bulgaria, where the taxes are nearly nothing. And you can go to other places. You know, you can check out different social experiments. We loved many different places for their people and their, you know, cultures in the uh, European Union and, you know, in the UK. But we didn't like their government. We didn't like their taxation. And I certainly didn't like the cold weather. So here we are in Mexico. And, you know, there's some socialism. There's some government intervention. But... You really, there's there's a whole lot more liberty here. There's a lot less of that than there is in the States. You know, people talk about the United States as a capitalistic society. I don't see it as that. I mean, there's more people that are out of the workforce than are in the workforce. And there's, you know, most of those people are getting a government check. That, to me, is socialism. And the, the uh, government, you know, can pick and choose who gets taxed and who doesn't, who gets grants, who doesn't. That's crony capitalism. That's not even free market capitalism. That's not what capitalism is. So I don't think anybody in my generation knows what capitalism is. When they complain about capitalism, they're complaining about the United States. 
And the United States is not capitalist. It hasn't been since about 1913. So, I mean, just, uh, you know, in general for me, I think liberty is important. That's what I fight for. That's what I blog about. That's what I've, you know, given donations for and um, political initiatives and, and referendums and things like that. If it's about liberty, whether it's cannabis liberty, free speech, gun rights, whatever, you know, that's the important topic for me that I pay a lot of attention to. I, I don't care about, I don't care nearly as much about um, social topics or social justice. Like that, that to me, you know, group or identity politics seems to be more harmful than beneficial. So I just focus on the liberty thing. If it's about liberty, I don't care who I'm working with, whether they're atheists, whether they're Democrats, whether they're whatever. If we're working together to liberate parts of society, and give people more control of their own destiny. That's what I think is important. So anyway, I gotta stop recording. My phone is about dead and I've got my family that just stepped through the door. So check us out. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about our Gnostic library that I'm building. I've built a little bit of a knowledge base based on Gnostic text and, and historical Gnostic teachings. Um, Gnostics were like the first church after Christ uh, the oldest known manuscripts of the Bible come from the Gnostic Codex that they found in 1946 near a town in Egypt called Nag Hammadi. So you can look up the Gnostic Codex. You can go to uh, you can go to this website um, where I'm building this uh, Gnostic library at. You can go to clovisstar.com or you can go to opinions.clovisstar.com and I've wrote some blog posts about this. And uh, also... Uh, Disruptarian.com. I haven't worked on it for quite a while, but I'm going to start getting there. And of course, I post this on Steemit, and I post this on a few other uh, sources. This will be on um, iTunes, and I think I'm also going to be able to put this on Spotify and a couple of others. So we're just barely building this up. It, it should get bigger and more uh, regular soon, but right now it's kind of hit and miss. So thanks for tuning in today. This is Ryan. Uh, have a great day. Peace, pot, and liberty.